0: You're listening to King Jesus Radio, the official podcast of New Living Way Church, also found on YouTube under New Living Way Church down. Amen, amen, amen. Well, I pray you got your cup of coffee with you and uh, maybe a little snack over there, or if you're home, then most likely you're probably having some dinner, or you might have had dinner, or you maybe you got dinner cooking, or you might just be like but oh, we get many times. We talk for about an hour about what we're going to eat because we just, we don't know what to eat anymore and uh and we'll we'll go for about an hour and usually by the end of that hour we're pretty much all like kind of just fed up with each other and uh we either just eat a sandwich or a piece of bread or something so but we pray that you guys are able to come in agreement and uh what you guys are going to eat today amen so well, thank you for joining us today, and uh, we're just looking forward to what the Lord is doing. Uh, just a couple of quick announcements. Um, Friday, we do—we're not having our prayer still um, as of right now, but uh, we still are going to the Book of First Corinthians. And uh, this Friday for prayer will be First Corinthians chapter eleven. And I would encourage you, you don't have to wait until Friday. You can you can start to read through it and pray now, or even if you like, you know, hey, you know, maybe. You know, somebody in your home or just you by yourself. You know, I did that last week and uh, just, you know, just going through the word and praying through the word of God through that through as the Lord ministers to you by his Holy spirit. And in that, always knowing that the Holy Spirit is teaching us through prayer, through His Word, Amen. So we encourage you just to uh, to to follow along with us and continue to study along with us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. So thank the Lord for that one. Uh, Sunday morning we will be at uh, not for 9:15 first, you know, the first word in the morning, and that one is going to be Ezra chapter four. Verse one through six. So again, we will be starting the Book of Ezra, chapter four, verse one through six, and that'll be for the prayer and um, and what's it called on Sunday morning at nine fifteen. So before service. So if you'd like to also start to read that portion of Scripture, and uh, you know, and all I encourage you is just read it you know what, just read it. And then when we come together to study it, we come together to talk about it. Uh, you know, we can you can confirm or you may say, you know, pastor, you're wrong on that. Or, you know, <laughs> however the Lord leads. But we can all come together in, in the same mind and the same accord, amen, just as far as going to the word of God. Um, I know right now there's a lot of changes going on in our country, uh, a lot of different things as they're planning, preparing to open things up and everything like that. So I will keep you guys posted on uh you know um it called how we're doing what we'll be doing and how we'll be doing it so you know we know that not everything will be the same we know that everything will have to just be taken step by step step using wisdom using discernment um all in guidance of the lord amen so we're just going to continue to seek the lord and uh, wait on him and uh continue to trust him through it all and it, you know we'll just follow you know however he wants us to go and we'll also with, with also in mind our uh our government and our leaders and, and our country as well as, as we uh in our governor here in, in California. So, you know, we're just going to continue to pray for wisdom for our leaders and, uh, you know, and just knowing and giving them the right information and giving them the wisdom that they need also to make these decisions that are being made right now. Amen. So we're just looking forward to that as well. And uh, just so thankful to the Lord that for his faithfulness through all of this, as crazy it is, as it is, you know, to, you know, I believe all of us at some points in our day and our lives, you know, you know, people that talk to just kind of like, I can't believe we're living through this. I can't believe this is actually going on in, in my time, you know, like, I can't believe I'm living, you know, I mean, I know me and Letia talked about it. Like, we just look at each other just like, you know, I mean, what, do you, what do you think about that? It's kind of crazy, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's 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 something that, you know, but you're not alone. We're not alone. It's something that happens to all of us. It's like, whoa, is this real? Like really? Is this really happening? And sometimes we forget. Not that we forget, but it's just it's just sometimes unreal. But reality it is real. But we know that our God is greater. We know he's alive and we know that he is faithful through it all. Amen. So we're just really blessed that, uh, you know, that we have this truth. We have his truth and we know that he is faithful. Amen. So God bless you guys. And uh, we're just continuing to keep our eyes on the Lord. Amen. Amen. So we're going to be in the book of Acts today and uh, we're going to continue the book of Acts chapter four. And we're going to be going through verse 23 through 31 today. And uh, the title of this one is Sovereign Lord, which is taken from the scripture. So every every scripture that we go through, I usually, you know, as the Lord leads, I'll pull a portion, a word out of it, a couple of words that I'll pull from the scripture that I'm reading. And usually that will be the title of the Bible study. And it's just more or less of a reference point. Um, there's a lot more that may come out because it's a study through, you know, through the verses. But it's also a good reference point to what. Uh, where we're kind of focusing on some areas in, uh, in through the scripture. And I get all this through the English Standard Version. I'm actually going through the English Standard Version in our Bible studies this year. And so this is where <clears throat> yours may read a little bit differently. Um, but, you know, it's just, you know, that's where I'm getting mine from. So if you're saying, well, did he really get that from the Bible? <laughs> it's, I did. It's just in the English Standard <laughs> Version, you might have a different version. So it is Bible. It is Bible. Okay. So praise the Lord for that. You know, but um, we're just really, you know, blessed in that. So we're going to open up in a word of prayer and then we'll go ahead and go into the scriptures and begin our Bible study tonight. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Father God, for this time. We thank you, Father God, Lord, for this opportunity to be able to come together for Bible study tonight. We thank you for your word, my God. We thank you for your word is faithful and true. We thank you for teaching us through your word, my God. And we thank you, Father God, that it's by your spirit that you bring the understanding, that you bring the wisdom, that you bring the guidance and direction. And Father God, we just thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you have done and will continue to do Lord we just love you we praise you and we bless you this day Father God and we just ask you Lord in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that you would just continue to direct us and lead us as we trust in you Father God so tonight Lord as we are here together for Bible study we just ask you that by your spirit Lord God you would teach us, you would guide us, you would lead us through your word. And Father God, Lord Jesus, you would just encourage us and strengthen us. And Father, that we can also walk in living in your word, my God. Father, walking in the word that you teach us, Lord, and the teachings that you have given us, Father God, and trusting you through the teachings, Father God, that Father God, your teachings are faithful and true, Lord. So Father, we just thank you this night. We give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, hello again, everybody. Amen. So, we're going to start off in uh, Acts chapter 4, and we'll be in verse 23 through 31. Now, there's going to be a couple of words that come out through here, but I'm not going to touch on them because we've touched on them in past um, Bible studies, such as like one accord, um, such as boldness, you know, different words that you're going to kind of recognize. And let me encourage you if If maybe you missed a couple of those, they are on the podcast. You know, we didn't start live streaming until a couple of weeks back. So not all the Bible studies are on YouTube, but you can find all the Bible studies starting from the book of Acts in the beginning of the year, and they're all in order there on the podcast. Um, You can find it on New Living Way Church Downey podcast. You can just Google it, or if you have it on your phone podcast, and uh, I forgot the one on the Android, but real, real, um, real easy to find on there. And if you have any issue, just let me know on there as well. Yeah, I forgot, it's, it's, I forgot the other one on Android, but it's, it's there. But if you Google it, it should pop up on there. So we're starting off in verse 23 through 31 of chapter 4 of the book of Acts. So I'm just going to read the scripture. Then we're going to go back a little bit and how we normally do just start to break down as we break down the scriptures. So it says here, when they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priest and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voice together to God and said, And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Amen. So this is our scripture today. We're going to go, we're going to break down a little bit here. Um, My wife's going to help me out a little bit through it as well, and we're going to kind of go back and forth here a little bit as far as, uh, you know, through this teaching today. So. What I want us to do is I want us to look over here at verse 23. So we're going to look at verse 23 here. And it says, when they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. So I want us to look at a couple of things here. So they were threatened. And we remember last time they were talking about they were threatened about speaking in the name of Jesus. You know, um, they basically were forbidding them to do it. But not only tell them they couldn't, I mean, they, they threatened them. You know, they they made it known, like, dude, we've, we've crucified Jesus. I mean, we've done this, and we are not hesitant in what we do. Okay? So this was a real true threat. And later on through Scripture, we're going to see they weren't messing around. They were truly, you know, their words were true. They were gonna back their words, they weren't just talk, okay? And so, right here, what's going on is the disciples are now going back and they're reporting it to their friends and in other versions. How does yours say? Does it say friends, or what does yours say on yours? On on verse 23? How does yours read that? They to their own people. To their own people. Okay, so that one says to your to their own people, which is the amplified version. So this word friends or to your own people. And, and what's it called? When we look at the breakdown of the word there. It's belonging to oneself or really looking at to those who are the same mind. So imagine this, you know, when you go and talk to somebody, you know, a lot of times we have friends or we have co-workers, we have family members, you know, and, and we many times our relationship is based upon that one mind. We're we're, we're like a co-worker. I'll have, what, what will I have in common with that? Work in, work in the same place, our job, our boss, our a fellow co-worker or whatever it is, you know, we're going to have that same mind. So therefore we can talk about and react and understand where each is coming from. Same thing like in the family, you know, you're talking about, you know, things that are going on in the family, you know, um, friends, you know, you're talking about places that you, you've gone or places you're planning on going or things you're planning on doing, but you guys are friends because, You guys get along with that. Yeah, something in common. So when it's saying that they're returning back to their friends and to their own people, they're coming to a people that are of the same mind. These are also disciples of Christ. They're followers. They're believers of Christ. So they're coming back not just to random people to tell them about something, but they're coming back to a people that have the same mind as they do. To their, to their own. Yeah. And what are they doing? It says that they reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. Okay. So to t- and basically report it is to tell or to bring word. So they're threatened. And now they come back and they're going to go back to the people that are in the same mind because all of them are believers. All of them are disciples. You know, most of, most of them were there and they saw a lot of things that Jesus did. They, you know, they witnessed this man being healed. So they're coming back and they're letting them know, hey, man, we're, we're getting threatened, you know. And and it's like, you know, it's there's a whole reason with this. So I put a question here. How many of us know you need to know who you are sharing with? And you need to make sure it's with those who are of same mind. So what do you think about that when I when I ask that question? How many of us know you need to know who you are sharing with? And you need to make sure it's with those who are of the same mind. I want you to think about that as well. And you, what do you think about that? What does that bring to mind in that question?
1: It's uh, being aware of what you're saying and to who. Does it pertain to them? Um, can you trust them? Is it a to them? And can they help you?
0: That's, that's very true. Because many times, I mean, And it's not to say that people don't usually care about what we're talking about. Let's just say, but like me and Letty, I come and and I tell her about, let's just say my job. You know, I'll come back and I'll tell her about this, how my day went. You know, I had this issue with so-and-so or whatever like that. And the thing is, is that I might not always get the response I'm looking for from Letty because she's not there with me. She doesn't know those people. She doesn't know that person. She doesn't know the effect that this person has on me or the company or whatever is going. So sometimes I could be like, I'm talking with her about something and I'm not getting the response that I'm looking for. You know, but then again, I have to realize, well, how can I assume to get the response from you if you don't even know the person I'm talking about? You'll get some compassion and you'll listen, which thank God for that. But it's not going to be the same response because you're not in the same mind as I am, as I am at work.
1: From the outside, so I my my my
0: exactly. You know, it's just like anybody else in a family member, you know, you're telling somebody about something that's going on in the family. Now, if something's going on in the family, you share it with somebody outside the family, they're going to be like, wow, that's, you know, that's messed up or wow, that's hard, you know but they're not going to have either the same anger or they're not going to have the same concern. Not because they don't, yeah, it's not that they don't care. They, they generally care. We generally care, but because we're all in these same places. But the thing is is that they're just not in the same mind because they're not part of the family. They're just certain things that only the family can really understand. It's that one mind that one, you know, it's, it's that understanding together just like in a friendship or, you know, in, in, in whatever capacity, so this is where we really need to understand that who we're sharing certain things with, we have to also realize that our response from them, we have to realize where they're coming from and where they stand. Because we could be offended many times and we can hold things, well, man, you never really care what I'm talking about. It's not that. It's just, they might not just understand where you're coming from on this, you know? And that's why it's such a blessing when you can share something with somebody who's been through some things like you have that may be similar it's like all of a sudden there's just that click. It's like, I know what you're talking about. Like, you know, it's like we there's a, there's a connection there, you know. So these men are coming back, and they're not just sharing with anybody. They're not going and telling. No, they're going and telling those who have said yes to Jesus. They're coming back and telling those of their own people or their friends that have the same mind because realize they're believing in Jesus Christ. They've been saved in Jesus Christ. They're declaring who Jesus is. They're living now according to the teachings of Jesus. And so when they're coming back, this is important to those that are hearing this. So they're not just like, oh, really? That's, you know, oh, okay. Wow, that's that's messed up. You know? No. They they had to been like, wait a minute, what? Like, this is not only going to affect Peter and John, this is gonna wait. So this is gonna affect all of us. Like, you mean just by talking in the name of Jesus? I'm, they're threatening us. Like, not just you guys, but that means all of us are now gonna be threatened. So, see, they're in that same mind. This is gonna affect all of them. You know, it's just like right now, everything that's being spoken in in the news about you know the shutdown, the lockdown, the the, the stores, all of this. It just doesn't affect a certain group of people or any this affects everybody not just the united states it affects the whole world you know and and this is where we're all basically in a one mind right now that yeah maybe we don't agree on a lot of things but what we can agree in is we're all in this together you know it's like this is this is a human thing this is like you know we're all affected You know, this is, we're all affected by it. So it's, it's something that we can understand. And so we can actually talk to each other. Imagine this later on in years, you know, down the line, people that maybe didn't experience it or were too small and didn't really understand it, you know, and that will talk about it. You know, they're going to hear about it, but it's not really going to be like, oh, wow, because they didn't fully, truly experience it with us. You know, but everybody now today that's going to talk about this for years to come, there's going to be something like, even like 9 11, to go back and remember 9 11. It's like our kids don't know really, don't remember 9 11. My daughter wasn't born, my son was still small. You know, so to them, it's like they could see it, they hear about it, but to actually have been there and been witnessing this and a part of those days after and everything that came after was just like, wow. I mean, it was something that we all felt and experience and when we talk about it, it's like well where were you you know it's, it's it's a question that became a very famous question where were you on 9-11 you know and this is a thought and a remembrance that we all have and it's like we're all there you know it's like we can all be late in this it affected us all at that time you know it still affects us today but just something about that one mind so when they're coming back and reporting all these things they're all being affected this could have brought fear it could have brought, you know, doubt. It could have been like, ooh, I don't know if I, you know, what did I sign up for, man? You know, it's like, do I really want to, you know, they don't talk about those here in the Bible, but I'm, I'm, I mean, they're human beings. I'm sure there was some there that were like, ooh, okay, what? Like, you know, this is, this is kind of rough here. But yet they were all of the same mind. And because of that, they're all encouraged together through this next part. Because, they were looking for a response. And being that they were going and sharing with those in the same mind that their own people, their friends, they got the response that they were looking for. This is the response that we should have as Christians. I know we go through stuff, I know we face things, and there are realities. Yes, we, we need to acknowledge those realities. Like I said, there was probably most likely some genuine fears here, you know, but in this. There was a response. So tonight's teaching has to do with the response when this was all brought about, which they were all affected by. And this will have to teach us tonight. My prayer is through this teaching that when we're all affected and things that we hear that affects us all. What is our response today to that? What is our response going to be together as Christians talking to one another? We understand the response of the world. But what is our response as Christians to fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, but also to those that are not Christians, to those that don't know the Lord yet? So let us be encouraged tonight to this teaching how to respond. Amen? Amen. So this is the response here. It says in verse 24. And when they heard it, they lifted their voice together to God and said, So praise the Lord for this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is amazing here. So this is the response. They came, in, and in some versions, it had I think yours might say one accord. I know some version says one accord. Together. Okay. And some may say one accord. Remember, not the Honda Accord, but, you know, that's the kind of car they like, the Honda Accord. Amen. So, so. It's they all come together in this and whatever fears and all these different things. This is the reaction. This is the response. And this is something that was going to affect them. But this is the response to that. And they all did this with one accord and one mind all together. And this is what was said. Okay. And this is the next portion of the teaching, the main part of the teaching tonight. And this is how they started. Sovereign Lord. Okay, now yours, your version might just say Lord, and that's okay as well. But this version it says Sovereign Lord, and we'll explain a little bit why maybe yours only says Lord and why this one says Sovereign Lord. This one elaborates a little bit more on the word and on the the meaning of the word. But really, what it's saying here is Sovereign Lord, or even if it says Lord, when you look up the concordance version of that, it's referring to a Greek word of the, the potes. And I pray I'm saying this right, okay? I'm not Greek. But all it's really saying here in sovereign Lord or Lord in this version, in this portion of scripture, his name is absolute ruler master. That's what they're referring to. And it amazes me here because some of the footnotes I'll have here, we've been going through the names of Jesus. And one of the names of the Lord Jesus Christ is sovereign Lord is sovereign. And, this is amazing because this has to do with what we've been learning through the name, the power of, of Jesus' names. Well, this is one of those names that is very, for you to see the power of God in this name, okay? And so they're not just calling on the Lord, or they're not calling just on, on my master or my provider. No, they are calling on the sovereign Lord. They're threatened. They're affected. There's fears, there's doubts, there's all these things. Their their world's about to change, okay? Things were about to change for the church really quickly. And so what they do is they come together and the response is Sovereign Lord or Lord. And what they're calling him and what his name is to be and not just who his name is, but who he is. Absolute ruler, master. Okay, so we're going to look at two portions of scripture that also refer to him in this name. Okay, so we're going to go to Luke chapter 2, verse 25 through 35, and Letty's going to read this scripture for us. Imagine, this is when Jesus is a baby. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man
1: was righteous and devout. Carefully observing the divine law and looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord Christ, the Messiah, the anointed. Prompted by the Spirit, he came into the temple enclosure, and when he and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him the custom required by the law, Simeon took him into his arms and blessed and praised and thanked God and said, now, Lord, you are releasing your bond servant to leave this world in peace, according to your word, for my act have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, in light or revelation to the Gentiles, to disclose that what was previously unknown, and to bring the praise and honor and glory of your people Israel. And his legal father and his mother were amazed at what was said about him. Simeon blessed him and said to Mary, his mother, listen carefully, this child is anointed, appointed, and destined for for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and for the signs that they could be opposed. And a sword of deep sorrow will pierce through your own soul, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed.
0: Wow. So imagine this, and we're going to go to one more scripture right now, but imagine this. So right here, when he says Lord in verse 29, it's that same word, depotus, absolute ruler, master. He's acknowledging God as the absolute ruler over everything to the point where he says, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. Now I can die. Now I can go on because I have seen the salvation of the Lord. But he's referring to him as the absolute ruler, the one who can do this. He's acknowledging the sovereignty of God. Okay, so we're going to go a little bit more into that. Let's go to Revelation chapter 6, verse 9 through 11. Okay, so right here, they're seeing the salvation of the Lord. He's a baby right there. But now we're going to look at another portion of the salvation of the Lord, and it's a little bit harder, but still the same name, Amen. So let's look at that. Let's go to uh, Revelation chapter six, verse nine through eleven. When he the
1: Lamb broke open his seal, he found underneath the altar and the souls the souls of those who had been slaughtered because of the word of God and because of the testimony the which they had maintained out of loyalty to Christ. They cried out in a loud voice and in a loud voice saying. O Lord, holy and true, how long now before you will sit in judgment and avenge your blood on those unregenerate ones who dwell on the earth? Then they were each given a white robe, and they were told to rest and wait quietly for a little while longer, until the number of their false servants and their brothers and sisters who were to be killed, even as they had been, would be completed.
0: Wow. So we see two portions of scripture that that Letty just read right now, okay? We see him referred to as Lord, absolute ruler, master, as a baby. And they're seeing the salvation. Wow, this is the salvation of the Lord. Now I can go. Now we're seeing the persecution of the church. We're seeing the church, children of God, being killed, okay? And the persecution of that. And in that, they even cry out with a loud voice. It says, "In my version, it says, 'O sovereign Lord.' It's referring to that same one, absolute ruler, master, acknowledging Him as the supreme ruler over everything." Okay, so you have one that's acknowledged Him and seen the Savior, but now you have another one that, Lord, when is this going to come? When are you going to come and judge all this? When are you going to bring? all this into this place, and he just encourages them to rest a little bit longer, to be patient, but it will be done. So in that, they had peace. So, but in these two places of scripture, they recognize him as sovereign Lord, as a Lord that is sovereign, okay? So let's look at, let's go back to Acts chapter four, verse 24, okay? And think about it this way. Where we're at today in in these times, we definitely need to know our Lord as the absolute ruler, as the master. We need to know He is a sovereign Lord, and we can call on Him as our sovereign Lord. And you can call Him Jesus, but just know when you call on Jesus, you're also referring to Him as sovereign Lord, absolute ruler, master. Okay. So let's look at here in the sovereign. This, this is found in thesaurus It says, "Not being under the rule." Or the control of another. So I just found the simplest way to break it down. It's just not to be under the rule or control of another. How many of us know that God is not under the rule of anyone else? He is sovereign. He is above all rule and authority. Because he is the absolute authority. There is no authority. There is no rule greater than God. So no matter what happens. He has all the power and the authority. Okay. And basically what it is. He has and in that power and authority and in that rule, he has the right now in that to govern. And this is what I want to touch on tonight. To govern. Okay? And to govern is to exercise continuous sovereign authority over. One who has that power and that right. And not only that, has all that he, that person needs to do that and to bring it to pass the show. I have the rule. Now, we have a governor of our state, which our president even says, he says, look, I'm doing this, but I'm leaving it to the governors, the ones who govern the states. I'll leave that to them because I trust them that they know what they're doing because those governors have the exercise and the continuous sovereign authority over. They have the right and they have the tools to be able to make those decisions, okay? The other one is to control, to direct, or strongly influence the actions and conduct of. Okay? So this is another thing to to govern. They have the ability to control, to direct, or to strongly influence the actions and conduct of. So this is what it means to be able to govern. These are all the attributes of being able to be governed or to govern. Okay? Now, we're looking in the human respect. But God is the absolute rule, complete. Complete. He is above all, okay? And so this is in another portion of the the, the tessaurus, the governing, is to look after and make decisions about. Ooh, okay? Just look at this. To be sovereign is to govern, to be the absolute rule. And to be the absolute rule, we must understand that he has a right to govern. But in that, he has the right to control, to direct, or strongly influence the actions and conduct of. Are we we catching this here? See, if we acknowledge him as our sovereign Lord, not just ours, but sovereign over all, but we know who he is to us, then in that, now it comes back to a place to look after and to make decisions about. So the governor has a responsibility in California to make sure that the decisions that he makes, he realizes the effects. And he has to be careful because he realized those decisions will affect the whole state. Well, this is a man made. This is a man. And he can make mistakes. It's, it's you know, he's just human. But, yeah, we'll pray for him just as anybody else is in leadership. But God, who is perfect, God, who is the Alpha, the Omega, God, who is the first and the last, the beginning and the end, he knows everything before, after, and everything in between. And so, therefore, he is a great governor. He is is sovereign. He is above all. But my question is to us today, is Jesus your sovereign Lord? Yes. Is Jesus your sovereign Lord today? And this is how you know if he is or not. Does he govern your life? Does God govern our lives? This is a question that I had asked myself. Oh Lord, I didn't see that one coming. This is very important because if we're going to know Him as sovereign above all, above rule and everything, but He has to also be sovereign to us—not to say if we don't, if we believe Him or not, He's not. No, He just is, no matter what. But in that decision of understanding and recognizing this, we are giving Him the right to control, to direct, to strongly influence our actions and our conducts, to look after and to make decisions about, recognizing we belong to a good sovereign Lord, okay? So I want us to look at something here. This was actually taken, a couple of things here were taken from um, Dr. Tony Evans. We've been going through the names of Jesus, the power of Jesus' names. And I found this interesting couple of things that, that were kind of broken down in here. But there's a story about a young boy and there's this storms or, you know, I might cut it a little bit, but the story about these storms that are going on. And so the, you know, these two boys, one of them's carrying the other one on his shoulders and they couldn't have been, they you know, one man sees them and they pretty much about the same size. You know, he looks at them and is like, you know, like, hey, you need any help? And the other one, and the brother that's carrying the other, the brother says, "No, it's okay. He's not heavy. He's my brother. <laughs> <laughs> He's not heavy. He's my brother." And the beautiful part of that picture that he brought out, and that is, is the love that this brother had for his brother. He wasn't looking at the fact that he was heavy. He was looking at the fact through love because he loved his brother that he was willing to go that extra mile. He was willing to do that extra because of that love that he has for his brother. And it's just like me and you, like anything that we we go through, we're always ready for that person that we love to go that extra mile, no matter how it costs, the sacrifice, because we do it in love. And in that love, love is a very powerful thing because we can we'll do things that we never imagined we would be doing all for the sake of love. It's like that young couple, you know, I remember growing up as, as a young guy and, you know, this is like in middle school, rich kids. If you're watching, stay away from boys, stay away from girls. (laughs) But I remember growing up even in high school and we would, you know, us as guys, we would have, you know, our friends and stuff like that. And all of a sudden one of the guys would get a girlfriend And he was now in love, you know, high school love, middle school love. I mean, you know, for a week, a couple days. (laughs) But in that love, you would see this guy doing things you would have never imagined he'd be doing. And we would like, you know, us as a guys, we'd be clowning on him. Like, dude, you are whipped. What is the matter with you? That guy, that fool's whipped, man. I mean, he's, he's you know, it was just, it was laughable because this person was doing things they would have never been talking weird. And it was just, come on, man. You know, you're letting, you're letting a girl put makeup on you? What are you doing, man? You know, it was just like, but because he was in love, it was like he would do all these things, but he was doing it in the name of love. You know, and it's funny, you know, but, you know, many times there's some serious things that, you know, you wouldn't imagine he would do the things, you know, um, and but you do it all for the sake of love because love is very powerful. And you don't see it like that at that time because that's not like this, this boy didn't see his brother as being heavy. He saw him. This is my brother. And I'm helping him. Yeah. So imagine this. The power of love to carry someone which gives the power to do so. And this is an issue we have to be careful because many times our love for people that causes many times to feel like we can carry the burdens of people as well. Because it could be a good thing, but it could also be a bad thing. Because many times in that love, we try to change somebody. We try to, to... Be more than we should be because we love them so much. And this is where we need to use wisdom. And we need to realize I'm not God. And many times instead of helping somebody, we're actually crippling them because we're keeping them from actually coming to God because they see me and you as God. Not in a sense of God, but they become more dependent on us than they ever need to turn to God. And we're carrying the heavy burden when the Lord says, cast your cares upon me. Come to me, all you that are heavy and and weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But many times we do that because of the love for someone. And this is where we need to weigh it out. Lord, give me wisdom in this. Because many times we're not called to that. Okay. But doesn't mean we don't help. We just do it in wisdom and we do it to the capacity in the way we're supposed to. Amen. But all with the sense of them coming to know God, because the greatest thing is, is that just as that young boy was carrying his brother, when we allow God to govern our lives and we acknowledge him as a sovereign Lord. How many of us know that he will carry me and you through our burdens? He will carry me and you through this life. It's like those footsteps, the footsteps ones. There's only one foot. Yeah, footprints. There's only one set of footprints because he was carrying me and you. And that's what our governing Lord, our sovereign Lord will do for me and you. Is he will carry me and you through. And he does it just like that brother. He does it all for the sake of love. For humanity. He carried that cross for the sake of humanity. He showed us his love in doing all that he did for me and you. So, But see, God's love is greater than a brother, than a sister, than a mother, than a dad, than anyone in this world could ever give me and you. And we allow him to be our sovereign Lord and know him as sovereign Lord. And allow him to govern our lives. He will carry me and you. He will guide us through. He will direct us. And we'll learn a little bit more about what this means, why. But I want us to look at something here. And it's in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 to 7. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 to 7. Let's look at who our sovereign Lord is. And everything that we have by allowing him to govern our lives. We're just going to kind of go through it real quick. Because I do want to get to the rest of the scripture here. But this is very important for us to see here. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 through 7 says. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. Okay, what goes on in the government doesn't have to do with us. It's upon his shoulders because he is, what is he? Sovereign, absolute ruler. And this is the promise that was given to Israel. And the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Wow. So this is our sovereign Lord. Let's look at what we get in our governor here, okay? The one that governs our lives. By acknowledging him as the sovereign Lord with supreme authority. Absolute rule. Okay? This was the promise. The promise came to pass. This is Jesus. So let's look at this. Wonderful counselor. In order for him to know him as our wonderful counselor, we must know that what he says is true. And that he gives us the direction that we need. See, there's many counselors in the world today. Some are good, some are not, some just want you to keep coming back to keep paying that bill. Okay, I'm not saying all of them, okay, you know, but again, counsel, even counseling, you have to wonder. Even when I counsel or talk to somebody, you still have a responsibility to listen to the counsel. And weigh it with the Lord. Lord, is this counsel correct? Because he can miss it. She can miss it. But when you have a sovereign Lord, he is your wonderful counselor. And you can trust everything that he tells me in you because what he says is true. And he gives us the direction as we need it, such as found in Proverbs 3 5 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. He will give you the counsel to direct your paths. Everlasting Father of all eternity, of all time, God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He is outside of time. He created time. He's the one that made night and day. He is not in time. He is outside of time. Therefore, he's in control of our time. And in knowing him as an everlasting father is to know him for all eternity, which is even beyond time, but recognizing that we can have a peace of realizing who our sovereign Lord is and in that he can govern and lead us in God Us to the time that we have Here that is allotted by Him because all the time Belongs to him anyways Praise the Lord (laughs) So this is our sovereign Lord These are the benefits Of having our Lord Govern our lives This is what we have in in our Sovereign Lord Not only that He calls him the mighty God Not only that So he's not only going to give you the the truth, he's not only going to give you the direction, but he also has the power to do what he says he's going to do. So he will give you the wisdom, he'll give you the direction, he'll tell you to trust him, but not only that, he also has the power to fulfill what he has given you to do and how to do it and the word to do it, because he is mighty God. He has the power to do it. The Bible says, he that began a good work in you will see it to completion until the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has the power that the work that he began, he has the power to finish it. And he has the power to keep me and you through it all. And not only that, he's also our Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace, and I like how Tony Evans put it, he says, Prince basically of no more drama. (laughs) You're Prince of no more drama, basically. And I like what it says here. A life governed by God is ordered by God. This is a life that is put in order. And it doesn't mean we always have our life in order, but when we can recognize who our life belongs to, then we can acknowledge and, ha- and allow God to put our life into order. And how that starts is with our submission to God. The Bible says to submit yourself to God, to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And what we're doing is we are submitting to his will and to his purpose and to his plan, acknowledging he is sovereign. That no matter what we do or say, he is still sovereign. He is the absolute rule and authority over the universe, over all creation, over everything. But I'm acknowledging him that he is my sovereign Lord. And therefore, this is who governs my life. My wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, my prince of peace. He tells the storm, and when they're on the boat, he says, peace, be still. And basically what he's saying is silence. And many times in our lives, we have storms, we have voices, we have fears, we have anxieties, we have issues, all these different things. But when we know the Lord to be our peace, be still, and we are acknowledging and putting our life in order by not us putting in order, but giving God the right and authority to govern our lives according to his word, then what happens is he brings a peace within our lives because we realize I'm not in control of this. My God is in control of this. Therefore, I'm trusting him with everything, and I'm trusting that my life is in order because my trust and hope is in him. Therefore, I can have peace that no matter what voices are coming in, no matter what things, what I'm hearing or what I'm seeing, I know my life is governed by God so I can have peace. Therefore, he can say, silence, peace, be still. I got you. I'm the absolute ruler. Therefore, we can trust him. But here's what I wrote here. We have all this in him as our sovereign Lord. We recognize him as absolute ruler, not just of us, but of all. Therefore, they acknowledged him in this way, understanding their need for him as sovereign Lord to continue to live and do what he called them to do. They got a report. We're getting many reports today. They went and shared it with those who would be affected by this. And what they do is they now acknowledge, even though these are the chief rulers, these are the governments, this is everything that is going on. But we have a sovereign Lord, the absolute ruler. Because it's not only recognizing he's our sovereign Lord, but recognizing he's a sovereign Lord over all. And what that does and what they were doing was they were calling on him, Sovereign Lord, help us to live and do what you called us to do, to continue in the work that you have called us to do. And when we look at it here, it says in Acts chapter 4, let's go back to the book of Acts chapter 4, it says, Sovereign Lord absolute ruler, master, and they declare this, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. So they are reminding themselves and they are saying, Sovereign Lord, and and we see that here. He is sovereign. And because he's the one that made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything, they're acknowledging him Lord over all. They're not just coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. They're coming to the Sovereign Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we need you right now. You are the maker of heaven and earth over everything, Lord God. And we're coming to the supreme. We're coming to the absolute ruler right now, Lord God. And not only that, they start to remember, remind themselves of the word who through the mouth of our father, David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit. Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. So they declare who he is. They call on him who he is. They declare who he is. And then they remind themselves, or the Holy Spirit reminds them, of the scripture. That scripture is actually found in Psalm verse um, chapter 2, verse 1 through 2. But look at what the look at what the living Bible version says in that verse. Why do the heathens rage against the Lord? And the foolish listen to this though. And the foolish nations plan their little plots against the Almighty God. I love it how it puts that. It, it puts everything in perspective. Because then when you acknowledge him as sovereign Lord, you realize all of this is, is nothing. It's little. I mean, it's puny. It's a speck. He says they're little plots against the Almighty God. The kings of the earth unite to fight against him and against the Anointed Son of God. It's 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 basically like that's foolishness. We see that in Revelation where it says there's nu- numerous people that come together to fight against the Lamb, and in one swoop, done, done. And right here, they're acknowledging that through the scripture. See, they didn't like this because I read a footnote here. The coronation of Israel's anointed king. This was said at that. This is what it's talking about. The coronation of Israel's king. Jesus is that king. And therefore, they, did, they raged against him. In Luke chapter 4, 18, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach, to proclaim the good news. See, he is the anointed one. Anointed by God the Father to proclaim the good news. He is sovereign. Verse 27 says, For truly in the city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Herod. And Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, they are acknowledging here unto God, the one whom you anointed, but again, they never take away God's sovereignty. They're recognizing, but God, this is your you are in control, you were in control of all of this. And they're reminding themselves and they're being reminded of everything that happened, but it wasn't out of God's control. God's word proclaimed it. He declared it. So they're coming to the sovereign Lord. And in verse 28, it says, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. The living Bible version says on verse 28, they won't stop at anything that you and your wise power will let them do. They won't stop at anything that you and your wise power let them do. So again, they're acknowledging sovereign Lord, you allow them to do these things and they're not stopping, but Lord, we're acknowledging that you allow this, you are in control of this. Okay. But now look at verse 29 and now Lord, okay. This word Lord right here is, this is the personal, personal Lord. Okay. Okay. This is the owner, the master, the one to whom you belong to. And think about it this way. I know many times to think of master and all that, we have a bad view on that because of humanity and the way humanity has used it. But reality is to be a slave, to be belong to someone meant to have all the benefits of serving in that household. You were part of the family. I mean you you were you were clothed, you had home. I mean, you know, in a sense, you were part of the family. You helped to raise the many, helped to raise the kids, you know, and, and I know it's a harsh place because of, you know, there's been a lot of bad things done in that and definitely portrayed in a lot of ways, but we're not looking at a master who was wicked. We're not looking at a wicked master. We're looking at a good master. We're looking at one who is looking out for his servants, the one who is sovereign overall, the one who has got your back protector. Yes. The one, yes, who you belong to. And now they're calling on him as that personal Lord. How many of us know today that sovereign Lord, we recognize he's absolute rule and master over all, the creator of the heavens and the earth. But we also have to know him as our own personal Lord, our personal Lord and savior, our master, our owner, the one to whom our life belongs to. But not only that, we get to enjoy all the benefits of being part of the family of God. And now, Lord, look upon the threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. They ask for specific things. How many of us know today that you can be specific with God? I mean we can we can come to God and specifically ask him what we what we need. God already knows the Bible says he already knows even before you ask him so many times we kind of feel like well, I don't ever really want to ask God for that you know like <laughs> I you know, I knows.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah I mean he knows already and right here they're they're threatened so they're asking him. And now, Lord, look upon their threats. Look at these threats that are coming against us and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed to the name of your holy servant, Jesus. What I love about this is a, a footnote that I read here. They don't ask to be taken out of a circumstance. Sound familiar? They don't ask to be taken out of the circumstance. Or to remove the problem. What they're asking for, Lord, help us to deal with it through this. Help us through this circumstance. Help us through these threats. Help us deal with this problem, Lord God. See, many times we want to ask the Lord. We talked about it on Sunday. I pleaded with the Lord three times. Take it away from me. Take this away from me. Take this problem, take this circumstance, take me out of this situation, Lord God. How many times have me and you been there? How many of us are there today? Lord, take me out of this situation, Lord. But many times, what did he say on, on, what did we read on Sunday? I'll I'll let somebody type it there. What did did the Lord say to Paul on on Bible? But what what did we learn on Sunday? I give so the opportunity right there. That's the Jesus, Amen. But there was a word when he, when Paul said, "I pleaded three times, take it away from me." What did Jesus say? What did the Lord say?
1: My life, life is
0: sufficient. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My grace is sufficient. My power is made perfect in your weakness. And therefore, Paul said, I will boast more about my weakness than that his power may be made great. Because when I am weak, he is strong. And see, many times we want the Lord to take us out of the situation and remove the problem. Cycles are not asking for that. They recognize because Jesus had already told them, you're going to go through some stuff. What they are asking for is Lord, help us through this. We need your hand in all this. Show your glory, show your power, show your faithfulness through this all. And what I love a version that, that broke this down that just kind of like in a symbolist, this, heart where it says, while you stretch out your hand to heal and signed in wonders are performed to the name of your holy servant, Jesus. I love how this breaks it down. It says, Lord, allow us to do more of the kind of thing that got us into hot water in the first place. <laughs> I love how it puts that. I'm going to read that again. Lord, allow us to do more of the kind of thing that got us into hot water in the first place. So imagine they're saying, Lord. Do these signs, wonders, and miracles, Lord. Let them see your glory and your power, Lord. Continue to help us to continue to proclaim with boldness who you are and help us to continue to do what we were doing, the same thing that got us in trouble in the first place. Give us the boldness to continue to do so through in your name, Lord Jesus, that you may be glorified. Imagine that to pray for the boldness and the confidence of that. That should be our prayer today. Lord, sovereign Lord, you know everything that is going on right now. You know the fears of this virus. You know the harsh hardships of jobs being lost and all these different things, Lord God. But Lord, in the name of Jesus, we ask you, Lord, By your mighty power, Lord God. Again, you see the threat. You see all these different things, Lord God. But, Lord, we ask you for your grace through this time to continue to do what you have called us to do. And we ask in Jesus' name that your hand would be outstretched, that you would perform, that you would heal, that you would deliver, that you would save, Lord God. That you would bring restoration, that you would bring peace and comfort. And that, Lord, that you would display your power in the lives in this world through your son, our Lord Jesus Christ, that others may know who you are. But, Lord, we need your boldness and your confidence, Father, that you would do the work, but that we would continue to trust you through it. Lord, govern our lives we recognize that you govern all, you are sovereign over all. we recognize that you are our sovereign Lord and we are calling upon the one who is sovereign over everything over every virus, over every government, over every ruling and authority, over the prince of the air and we recognize your sovereignty, Lord God, because you are sovereign and today we are asking Lord Jesus, let us walk in that boldness of knowing you have all the absolute rule and power and authority. Because we can trust you, because you're a wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, our Prince of Peace. So help us to live a life that is governed by you, Lord God, because we need it. We need you to direct us. We need you to keep us. We need you to keep our life in order in you, Lord God. Because it can get hard. But Lord, we are, just as the disciples here, sovereign Lord, creator of the heavens and the earth, of the sea and everything that is in them, Lord. Your word says you will face trials and tribulations will be of good cheer. You have over. I have overcome the worlds. And we have overcome the world in him. The power of our testimony. The power of what God has done for me and you and continues to do today. Now our prayer is, Lord, let that sovereignty, let that rule and govern your government, your governing, now be displayed in the lives of others that they can see, Lord, you do govern over all. And let us pray with boldness and confidence and let us be specific in our prayers, not just for ourselves, but Lord, Father, for the body of Christ and for those around us, Lord God. And let us know when we pray, we're praying to a sovereign God, to the Lord Jesus Christ, to the one who has absolute rule. And verse 31 says here, and when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Amen. How many of us know? I'm not saying, Lord, you know, show me a sign, all that, but there's just sometimes we need to know, God, I need something right here, Lord God. I need, you know what, Lord, these, 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 I just, Lord. I need something right now, Lord. I need to see something. Please, Lord God. And that place where it says shaking, that was God's power. That was God's presence. Yes. Yeah, and hey, we felt the shaking last night, 12.03. Amen. <laughs> I remember there was a time, though, we were actually in a prayer meeting with a couple of brothers and sisters. And I remember we were in a time of prayer. We had all come together in prayer. And it was a crazy fact As we were just in prayer. All of a sudden, the house started to shake. It was literally an earthquake, guys. But we were like, oh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know, and it was amazing because normally earthquakes people get scared. And don't get me wrong, the kids were scared, you know. But many of us were just joyful because it was like, Lord, this was just a display of your power, of you letting us know, Lord, your presence is here. You are here with us, Lord God. And many times you will realize when we just acknowledge, not we're saying, Lord, I need this, I need that. No, but when we start to acknowledge that he governs our lives, we acknowledge him as a sovereign Lord. He will show up in your situation, in my situation. He will show up in the midst of the storm. He will come in and say, peace be still in those storms and all those voices, all those things. He is that peace. He is that counselor. He is the mighty God. And he will step in. And we will get to see his sovereignty because we acknowledge and know that he is sovereign. He is the absolute rule, the absolute master, all power, all authority belongs to him. And in that, his presence will be made known in our lives. Children of God, know who your sovereign Lord is. Again, does he govern our lives today? That's a question we need to ask ourselves because <laughs> when you acknowledge him as your sovereign Lord, then you're acknowledging the one who governs your life. But not only that, we're acknowledging the sovereign Lord in us. In all of us. And we acknowledge that governing authority. Inside of us. Therefore, acknowledging the governing authority that flows from us. That flows from his word. When we declare it, believe it. And share it with someone. Someone. And speak it over someone. And declare who God is over someone. And pray for someone in the name of Jesus. I read here, boldness is not recklessness. But boldness is the courage to press through the fears. And to do what is right anyways. It's the boldness that through all the fears to continue to press through and continue to do what is right. I go all the way back to a couple weeks ago. Circumstance does not take away from responsibility. But in order for us to walk in that, we must acknowledge who has all the authority and all the rule and the one who has all the rule and authority in us therefore acknowledging who governs our life and therefore walking in life that is governed by God. And in that now being able to declare that governing power, that sovereignty into this world and into your life, into our lives, into our homes, into our families, into our jobs, into our communities, into our country, into our worlds, into our universe, because he is Lord of all, Lord of all the heavens. Not just of this little tiny speck of earth. Tiny. I know that didn't look right, but. <laughs> <laughs> little tiny speck. But he is a sovereign Lord. So let me encourage you. When you pray, you don't have to necessarily say sovereign Lord. We can. But just know that when you declare the name of Jesus, this is just one of the power of them, Jesus in Jesus's names is that we are declaring that He is sovereign. In second in uh, Second Chronicles chapter twenty nine, I believe it. First Chronicles chapter twenty nine, I believe. First Chronicles chapter twenty nine. It talks about David. He acknowledges God after they, you know, he says, "Who am I? And who, am I? who are my? Who are these people?" But they acknowledge Him as Jehovah, the self-existent One. But they also acknowledge Him as Lord God, Elohim the Creator, the Sovereign One. See, God has always been and always will. He never ceased to exist. He never will. So let us be encouraged tonight. Let us pray in the name of Jesus but recognizing who has the absolute role. And also realize, Lord, help me to allow you to govern my life through your word, through everything. Because, Lord, I want to see, Lord, you stretch out your hand and deliver and save and heal. You bring those those signs, wonders, and miracles, Lord, all through the, through the name of Jesus, not for my glory, not because, no, but because you have the right and the power to do so. And in that, others get to see your sovereignty that you are above all else and that all things are possible for you. With man this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And I believe that we're going to see greater things. I believe it's already going on. But I also believe we need to know that he is sovereign. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Any thoughts on that, Leti? Um. Okay. Come over. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, any thoughts on the teaching or anything like that.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about really submitting it to the Lord because I, um, Pastor did it right when he said about the Lord being sovereign. Like, what does it mean for him to be sovereign? It's letting him govern our lives. Yes. So, it was really like a, a stopper you know like okay do you really govern my life Lord do I really let you govern my life or am I still the one making the decisions am I the one leading instead of allowing you to be God so it just made me think a little bit more more than I already do but just like okay Lord you have to be sovereign because in acknowledging that you are governing my life my ways my paths is letting you be the Lord of my life, letting you be Lord of everything. Because once we understand that, once I understand that, to letting the Lord, calling him sovereign, letting him govern, then we not only just say, oh, you're here with me. No, we know he's with us and acknowledge him that not only were you with me, now I believe because you're doing the impossible. You're doing the impossible for me for this nation, Lord, with you, well, nothing's impossible with you or for those who believe. So to be able to say, okay, Lord, we can't believe now because you are doing the impossible. So let us submit unto the Lord and really reflect on what it really means to submit. It comes with government. Don't be afraid of that. But, um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty deep to know that, yes. oh wow, Lord, I really have to consider that. And let it hit my heart even more that in order for stuff not to happen the way you want it to, or like Pastor was saying, oh, you know, get, take this away from here, you know, I plead it with you. No, it has to happen. When we read in Revelation, it said, wait a little longer, quietly. Wait quietly a little longer, because these things have to take place. Amen. So these things that we're facing, that we're going through, decisions we have to make, they don't have to be hard. Because the disciples, when they went, when Peter and John went back to tell, they went to tell their, their friends, their families, this is what they told us, but we're letting you know. The key was, the first thing they did, they raised their voices, they lifted their voices yes. to the Lord and told him who he is. And that's one thing we need to do as we have a thought or we have like a little stump that we will hurt or something that we're just stuck that... Is it really what we're, what, what are we focusing on? Is it the trial? Is it the storm? Is it the speck, the plank? Because you, you guys get my plank am I? <laughs> Um Is that really bigger and greater than, than God being God? And is that really our focus? And is that what we're dedicating our time to? Not saying that we waste time, but what's our focus? Instead of saying, Lord, give me confidence to continue to do your will. To tell someone about Jesus. What good is it to dwell on what we are going through, what we know, or what holds us back when the disciples and those who believe also, their heart was focused on, Lord, give us a confidence, give us a strength. For us now, we have to come together and know that, don't give me what I want. Give me what I need. I heard something this weekend about Jesus. Him being on the cross and what he did for us, for all of us, he didn't give us what we wanted. He gave us what we needed. Amen. For God so love the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We need him. So it's not what you want today. It's about Jesus and continuing to let others know about Jesus. Amen. So that's the joy. That's what I was thinking about sovereign. And all to say just sovereign. That word just... Uh, it hit this heart. <laughs> Amen. Sovereign.
0: Yeah. Amen. And it's, it's like how we talked about a couple of weeks ago before, I think our last Bible study, or maybe one before, we went through the Twilight Zone version of that Twilight Zone episode of he gave them what they need, you know, and it's just an amazing mm-hmm. thing. So, you know, um, and, and I encourage you to continue to read along. Uh, the next verses are 24 through 37, I or... I have to double check with the next. I think thirty-two to thirty-seven is the end of the chapter for next week. But in order to understand the rest of that portion of the next portion of scripture, we're understanding this, and then we we start to see why they did this and why their hearts were there. It's because they were still acknowledging him as sovereign Lord, Amen. So I encourage you to read read along with us in that, and uh, and continue to trust the Lord through it, and uh, you know, and and as we stu- as we prepare for next week's Bible study as well, Amen. Um, Do you have any prayer requests today, if you have any prayer requests, feel free to put them up here on the chat board as we lift up, you know, we pray this night. Amen. So definitely want to pray to our Lord who has absolute all rule and the master of all. Amen.